The terrible towels will be waving in January as the Pittsburgh Steelers and macho man Tom Savage-led Houston Texans lead their way to the playoffs. The Dirty Birds and the G-Men find themselves with an invitation to the postseason. Where will they land? Who will they play? And will Eli Manning remember to play like a two-time Super Bowl champion? Sexy Rexy puts his wife's foot in his mouth as him and his brother are fired in Buffalo. Derek Carr's injury may have sunk the Raiders' postseason hopes into a deep, dark hole of despair. What magic does the gambler have up his sleeve? We shall see. And in the last game of the season, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 5.30 p.m. Pacific, Sunday night, the discount double-check-led Packers go to face the Detroit Lions led by Fat Matt Stafford to see who will win the North. That's this week on the Left Coasters Podcast. Welcome everyone to week 17. Brian, we made it, my man. Week 17 of the Left Coasters podcast. Again, my name is Tony Cavallo. I'm here with Brian the Ballerina Balzarini, and we are here in the OG Left Coasters studio. Not the not the fancy one that we have been. It's a holiday weekend, so we're kind of messing it all together, but we're here in my apartment and we're getting it done. We're going back to the roots. Yeah, it's nice. It sounded nice. I, I miss this place. I really did. I uh, I don't know if I can say the same and I live here, but it's okay. We're here now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do miss the booth, and I do miss Mr. One, Matt D'Angelo. I do. I miss Dangles. Uh, he is not here. He is still off uh, in New Hampshire with his girlfriend. I've seen many pictures oh, on pictures. Facebook outside of historic monuments and all that stuff. They're, they're the perfect couple, man. They really are. New Hampshire would be proud. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Dangles will be back next week as we hit the playoffs, but now, guys, we are here to talk about Week 17. There's one more game for every NFL team out there, and a lot of the playoff teams have been decided, and as we'll get to it in the show, we have one game in particular that you and I need to discuss. Oh, yeah. But before we go on, let's talk about why we do this podcast, and that's the Los Angeles Rams, because they lost to a team for the second time this year, and that just so happens to be that team's second win of the year, both against our Los Angeles Rams. What happened on Sunday? It looked bad. I mean, look at Colin Kaepernick's stats. 28 for 37, 266 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. And that's the same Colin Kaepernick that was a joke halfway through this season. And that's against our defense. Yeah. Uh, the, the pride and joy of the Los Angeles Rams defense. Yeah. Uh, and so, I, I don't know. It just, it you looking at the stats, you saw the game, I saw bits and pieces of it. I, I felt like it was one of those games that... Finally, put a cap to this season as oh, to yeah. how bad they really were oh, and how yeah. how distraught the 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 players were when you go out to a team like San Francisco, who's just as futile of an organization, if not at more, this moment, yeah, if not more at two and thirteen, uh, compared to the Rams four and eleven. You felt like this was a chance for them to show up and 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 allow their talent to to shine and and take over the game, but it just never happened. When you look at the uh, fumbles, for example, Tavon Austin, Kenny Britt. Both lost uh, uh, fumbles, uh, so it just it, you're not looking at your your team pulling through against a, a, an, an opponent that is down just as much as you are, and if, that's sad. If you are looking for signs of improvement, we lost to this team in Week One by 28 points. This time, we only lost by one point. Yeah. So uh, uh, Colin Kaepernick had the two point conversion that they went for because they have nothing to lose at this point. 
and they got it in the final second of the game. The defense gave up the final play of the game. It's just it was just disheartening to watch. They want to be done. They want to be golfing. And the already. total and the total net yards of the game was one seventy seven for the L A Rams. So you're not looking That's at terrible. You're dude. not looking at it at, at a team right now that is um, doing anything really well. And San Fran going into the, that week was the worst statistically the worst defense in the NFL. And we had a hundred and what seventy seven yards of total offense. Yes, and that's a puke. And San Francisco had eleven had eleven penalties for a hundred yards. That's so they gave up an win. entire length of the uh, the entire length of a, of a field, and you still couldn't beat them. It's not good. I can tell you right now that uh, Fassel is not going to be the head coach of this team. No, um, absolutely not. Rob Boris better not be my offensive coordinator. Um, a lot of changes need to happen, and uh, this is where we're heading to next because again. Another head coach this week was fired in the NFL, Rex Ryan, who, if Dangles was here, he would be making fun of me because I said Rex last week would not be yeah, getting fired. Yeah, you did. I, and, I'll, and I'll speak for Dangles. I was very surprised that when you said that and not surprised when, when we got the word that not only was Rex Ryan gone, his brother gone oh, yeah. as well, and Tyrod Taylor was being benched for one EJ Manuel. Yeah, it's uh, crazy what's happening in Buffalo. I saw it as, I, I will defend my pick of Rex Ryan not getting fired and the fact that I thought Buffalo would win last week and sort of save Rex Ryan's job. Obviously, that did not happen. They played. They made a lot of stupid decisions in that game and lost, deserved to lose, and Rex Ryan deserved to get fired. But now that means there are three coaching vacancies in the NFL, and we're not even through the season yet. Jacksonville, Buffalo, and your Los Angeles Rams. I still believe Los Angeles is the destination to be, but my question to you, buddy. What's up? You you can't deny that Los Angeles, with the new head coach that they need, they need Someone who's going to make waves, someone who's going to control the press and be the L.A., the mayor of L.A. that I like to say. Right. You agree with me on that? I agree with that. Yes. Who is more ready to be the mayor of this city than Rex Ryan? No, no, because I was uh, I was posed with a very interesting point when I was actually the Jacksonville game. This That's this right. Past you year. went to Jacksonville. I went week. to Jacksonville. And uh, one gentleman, I was sitting with uh, one of the season ticket holders uh, next to my girlfriend's uncle. Uh, great group of people. I mean, diehards. This was Christmas Eve, and the stadium was half filled. So you're talking about the people who, who, who are diehard Jaguars fans. Mm-hmm. He made a really good point when talking about the Jaguars vacancy that I'll apply to the L.A. Rams vacancy. And that is, when a coach comes in, you're, who do they bring with them? Yeah. Who are the coordinators? Who are the people that, that they're going to bring their, along with their staff? Uh, and that was actually a Tom Coughlin problem last year when Tom Coughlin was uh, interviewed by the Philadelphia Eagles. He had very few people coming into into uh, the organization that would have gone with him because he had so many people in, in the New York Giants yeah, organization that were staying there. My question would be, if you think Rex Ryan is capable of coming in, who does he bring? True. Who does he bring in here? Does he bring his brother back in? I hope not. I, I think Rex Ryan has... has Worn his welcome out amongst other coordinators and, and other coaches who don't find themselves in a in a in a beneficial situation for their careers under a guy like Rex Ryan because he doesn't have a track record because that head coach has to be able to kind of like where the Detroit Lions are at this point on the top of the list in every organization right now are the offensive and defensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions. Yes, I've never seen that happen in my lifetime. So like. Like Rex Ryan uh, will have to do, he'll have to get guys into his organization that he can groom and get into a position where they are eventually doing well enough where they can go into other teams. I, Rex isn't that kind of guy. Rex doesn't groom people. And I think with the Rams, you need a guy who's going to 
come into that organization with a full cabinet of offensive and defensive uh, coaches, and I don't think Rex is that kind of coach. I agree with you completely that he will not have the full cabinet of people to bring with him, but I do say that L.A. is trying to make a splash with this hire. They are trying to get the people back on their side, and Rex Ryan is a name. But we said that about Buffalo, and look how that turned out. Oh, true, yeah, but I don't, Buffalo. I don't think Rex Ryan any longer has that kind of mis mystique about him that makes you say as a as an audience member as a fan of the LA Rams like you know what like he could kick some ass in this town hey I don't, I don't think he could I just don't think he could I don't think it would be a good hire I think it would be the hire I think he'd be on billboards and all over the news out here in Hollywood just you can eh. imagine the shows that they would put on with Rex Ryan here is he an entertainer yes absolutely but but he's not a winner so I looked up the, uh, because it's getting interesting now, I looked up the Vegas odds to be the next head coach of the Los Angeles Rams. Oh, God, really? Uh, this ha- I read these just after Rexy was fired, so Rex is at a plus 4,000, which is not good odds. It's okay. 400 to 1. But uh, the leader in the leader in the clubhouse right now is John Gruden. He's at plus 250. Now, normally these numbers are bet on, you know, who's popular, who's all that other stuff. But Vegas is Vegas for a reason. The reason John Gruden is the leader in the clubhouse is because there are people, smart people out there who believe John Gruden is a good shot to be the head coach. Smart enough to put money down on it. Yeah. So John Gruden's the leader in the clubhouse at plus 250, closely followed by New England offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels at plus 275. Money. Those two are the leaders. Money. Um, I'd be happy with either of them. John Gruden, of course, is the splashy one. McDaniels has been a coach before and is a very, very intelligent offensive mind. The third person on the list, also an offensive mind, Kyle Shanahan, OC of Atlanta. Yep. Uh, Not the splash hire. I don't think they're going to go that way, even though I think Kyle Shanahan has a chance to be a very good coach. Um Fourth on the list, plus 800, is Sean Payton, New Orleans head coach. A lot of speculation that he's he leaving. He might be traded. Yeah, a lot. he'd have to be somebody, traded. Somebody said he was going to be traded. I said, wow, the last time we were talking about somebody getting traded, guess who it was? Gruden. That's right. That's right. It was Oakland Johnny to Boy. Tampa. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Sean Payton, to leave that job, he would have to be traded. Uh, other names on this list, you have... Your boy Jim Bob Cooter at plus 2,000. Todd Haley, who's OC in Pittsburgh, plus 2,000. Anthony Lynn, who's now the interim coach in uh, Buffalo, is plus 1,600. David Shaw out of Stanford, plus 1,400. Uh, those are the names I'm seeing right now. And then, of course, you can bet the field. Um, the name that's not on here is Tom Coughlin. And I'm only going to bring him up because he interviewed or is set to interview for the Jacksonville head coaching job. I don't know if that's going to go that way. I think that's more of a, a condolence to Tom I think Coughlin. it might. You from, think so? From all uh, the, the voices that I heard uh, at the Jacksonville Jaguar game, most of them said that he would not only be the best hire and uh, the most ideal hire, but they want them. They want him there. I think if they hired him, it'd be simply for a two-year, three-year run as they transition to a I wouldn't new... doubt that at all. I wouldn't doubt that one bit. And I think... Uh, Unlike what he experienced, like we talked about with Philadelphia last year, apparently he's got some people behind him who are coordinators and, and, and who have vouched to go with him to Jacksonville. Gotcha. So he might be that transition coach where the, the offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator, takes takes on his uh, role later on in the career. Well, the coaching carousel continues to move forward, and we were talking about coaches last year. There's a very good chance that a third of the NFL is needing is in need is going to be in need of a new head coach by the end of the season. Well, let's just look at the bottom of the uh, barrel right now. I still think Hugh Jackson is not going anywhere. Especially after this past week. I don't think so either. But there's a few like San Diego could need a new head coach. New York Jets could need a new head coach. There's a lot of this. The Monday after this current Sunday is called Black Monday because everyone gets fired. The fact that we've had three fired midseason is so away from the norm. 
So we shall see what happens. It doesn't man. make it doesn't make me feel good as a Lions fan because I think both of our coordinators are gone. Yeah, I think so too. Unfortunately, I think, so but, I, I think that's I think that's almost a given. Yeah, well, that's why you got to make it count this year, oh, my man. Oh, this man. year. So let's move forward. Uh, we're gonna do an injury report next because of how amazingly dr- dreadful Crazy. these injuries have been this Crazy. week. And then we're gonna jump into the recap section as we head forward in week seventeen of the Left Coasters podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, Coasters. Uh, this is another week in which our injury report is sad and dreary. Yeah, it's terrible. But before we get into the injuries, I just want to remind our listeners that we are at the leftcoasters at gmail.com and leftcoasters on Instagram and Facebook. Check us out. Give us an email. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you want. We're getting a lot of good feedback from people. I, I'm I'm been very excited about the I'm last excited. couple of weeks. I mean, we, we set out with the goal to just get this done. We were three guys that like to talk about football, want to talk about the Rams, and the fact that we've made it through 17 weeks, Ugh. had to go through a couple of hardships. And when we do record in the new Left Coaster studio, which we'll record from now on week by week, and the playoffs, we're going to bring all of our guest hosts back, everyone we can. We're going to have a lot of fun to finish out this season. I just want to thank you guys for being with us this Absolutely, and we all hope that you had a wonderful Christmas, and uh, the new year is going to be a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, the new year is not going to be good for a couple teams. Mm. The injuries this week were uh, devastating. We'll start with Marcus Mariota. Uh, I was there for that, and I we all knew it was instantaneously bad when the players started running away and the cart came out immediately. He had a fractured fibula oh my God. and underwent surgery this week. Uh, he's doing much better. Apparently, everything's good. He's going to be out for at least a couple months and then hopefully, hopefully ready for the beginning of the season. They think he should be okay, but you never know with injuries like that. You always wish for the best. They were having a great year. They really uh, were. And and you know what? It was so sad from the standpoint that the the air out of that that yeah. sideline went out the out the stadium. So yeah. sorry to those guys, uh, but great season nonetheless. Uh, next we have Derek Carr. Oh, that's another sad broken one. broken fibula. Uh. Now he's only going to be out for four to six weeks, so he's eyeing hopefully a return to the AFC champion. But there's if not, there's not, it's, I mean, they might not even get there. They just need a one, maybe two games out of Matt McGloin. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then finally we have Tyler Lockett. Yeah, Seattle Seahawks wide receiver. Compound fracture. Unbelievable. It was a gruesome one if you were watching on television. I luckily shielded my eyes. Yeah, and it is. Uh, he is an X factor for them. He is one of the speediest guys in the NFL, and for the Seahawks, who have a limited offense to begin with, losing a, a guy on offense that can change the game, like a Tyreek Hill-type player, that's tough for them. It's not a piece you want to lose at this point, point no. of the season. So um, he's out for... Uh, for the, for the remainder of the season, regardless of how far they make it in the playoffs. And uh, with, with Mariota and Lockett, they're both speedy, quick guys, elusive players. So you hope that they can never come thought back of that, and be but the yeah. same. Yeah, you, you know? hope that they can come back in one piece yeah. and, and still be effective. But uh, that's the injury report this week. And uh, we've got uh, a couple more weeks left. Hopefully it stays clean because nobody likes to see those kind of injuries. Absolutely. You want to see the healthiest teams because now we're getting into playoff playoffs baby oh, here we go deal. we will be back with the rest of the uh the recap of the last week and then moving forward to the playoffs mm-hmm. all right guys let's ram it okay Bryce. so before we jump into the recap section let's do a little where are we now i will take dangles spot and as i go through the afc for you the playoff picture then we'll kick it over to you for the nfc Right now, the AFC is pretty much done. We know the six teams that are going to be in the playoffs. The question is, where are they seated as we head forward into January? Right now, the New England Patriots are your number one seed at 13-2. and two. They are going to get a bye. The question is, are they number one or are they number two? 
If they lose to Miami this week and Oakland wins, then New England falls to the two seed. If anything else happens, New England is clear as you won. The number two seed are those Oakland Raiders who just lost Derek Carr. Oakland can go as high as the one and can fall as far as the five. If they lose their game and Kansas City wins, Oakland loses the division and has to play in the wild card game and travel to somewhere instead of hosting everyone. So big game for Oakland yeah. this weekend. Matt McGloin must play immediately. The three and the four seed cannot change. The three seed is the Pittsburgh Steelers winning the uh, AFC North. The four seed is the Houston Texans at nine and six winning the AFC South. They will be hosting two games, and the question is, do we bet right now against Tom Savage and the Houston Texans in that wild card weekend? Because they're going to be hosting a really good team, and Houston statistically has the best defense in the NFL. But as you can see from watching this team, I don't know how they got to nine and six. They could be ten and six heading into into the playoffs. Either way, they're at the four. The five right now is Kansas City Chiefs 11-4. and four. They can jump into the two seed again with a win and an Oakland loss. They can fall to the sixth seed if they lose this week and Miami beats New England, but they're in the playoffs. Miami Dolphins again, sixth seed, 10-5, and five, can jump to the five seed if they win and Kansas City loses. If they lose, nothing really happens. They'll be traveling to Pittsburgh. Either way, they're stuck in a wild card position, but again, we wrote them off in week five. They were one and three. They've pretty much run the table since, going 9-2. and two. They found a running game. That first-year head coach, Adam Gase, is, seems to be the real deal in Miami. Those are your playoff teams for the AFC. Let's kick it over to Bry for what's going on in the NFC. Well, the NFC is a little less consistent or, um, we'll say, um, solid at this moment in time. The Cowboys are at the one position, and they will be the one position starting off, regardless of what happens this week. Now, this two seed, which is currently the Atlanta Falcons, they hold their own destiny at 10-5. and five. If they win this week, they will hold the second seed gotcha. and a first-round bye. Which is huge. Huge when you consider how good the Cowboys are playing at yes. this moment yes. in time. You want you want them in the NFC Championship, not, not, not any time before. Uh, now to get into the wild card round, we've got some we got some interesting things going on. We obviously know if you haven't already been uh, aware that Tony and I are uh, Lions fans and Green Bay fans, yes, respectively. Yep. So there is a big game that will decide who goes where and how it happens. Now, just to start off, the fifth seed is in a lock. That's the New York Giants. Yeah, they can't move. They cannot move, regardless of what happens. Now they are playing the Washington Redskins. The Washington Redskins are currently the first team outside of the playoff picture mm -hmm. that has a chance to make its way back into. So they're playing for a lot. Now, granted, it's at the New York Giants Stadium. It'll be interesting to see what the New York Giants give a shit, mm -hmm. per se, to, to, to show up and knock the Redskins out of the playoffs. Now, if Washington wins and Green, the Green Bay-Detroit game comes to a decision... Washington is in the playoffs. Washington is for sure into the playoffs, and the loser of the Lions and Green Bay game will be out of the playoffs. Whereas the winner wins the North. Whereas the winner wins the North. And hosts a wild card and game. And hosts a wild card game. Now, the Seattle Seahawks are currently in the third seed at 9-5-1. Okay. Um, that's where things get interesting because if the Green Bay Packers or the Lions win, they will more than likely move into the third seed, I believe. Yeah, and if Seattle needs to lose... Is that true? If Seattle, well, if Seattle loses, then yes. Yeah. Then the Lions and the Green Bay Packers will be taking that spot. If they, if the Seahawks do win, 
they are they are holding out at the third seed unless the Falcons lose. Okay. So things get get mighty mighty interesting, but it'll all start with that Washington New York uh, Giants game yep. uh, early in the day and finish off with the uh, Green Bay Packers at the uh, Detroit Lions on Sunday Night Football. As much as I despise the Giants. I am rooting very hard for them this week. Because I am too, yes. regardless of the Green Bay-Detroit game, I think Green Bay and Detroit are both better teams than the Washington Redskins. I would agree. Even though Washington spanked my Green Bay Packers. I'm just saying, I like Green Bay, I like Detroit, I want to see them in the playoffs versus Kirk Cousins. Although Kirk Cousins is just 370 yards away from a 5,000 passing yard season. That's crazy. That's insane. You know how many quarterbacks have done that? Not it's many. Less than 10. And you know how many have done it twice? Uh, one. Dr- one. Drew Brees. Who's going for his fifth consecutive year going for 5,000 yards. Hall of Famer. How unbelievable and is not, Drew Brees? And not to go too far back into our, our prior conversation, but that's why I'd like to see Sean Payton. Be, oh, come absolutely. In, come in as the, as the LA Rams absolutely. coach. I would like to see a Jared Goff playing in a system like that. Uh, and and putting up numbers even remotely close to that. The question is, I don't think we have the trade picks to go get them because we already traded them for Jared Goss. So bare. So, so bare is the cupboard. Let's. We got a couple of Mary Fuck Kill questions, considering this is the Week 17 podcast of the Left Coasters, and this is our favorite question. So right now, let's go to the AFC. Brad, okay. I'm going to shoot this over to you. Um, you have the six teams that are for sure in the playoffs, although we don't know the seating. That's New England, Oakland, <laughs> Pittsburgh, Houston, Kansas City, Miami. Marry, fuck, kill those six teams heading into January. Well, uh, I I would have said to you the Raiders were a sure fuck. But unfortunately, with Matt McGloin at the helm, I can't say that any longer, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, no, regardless of how good their defense is. But I'm marrying the New England Patriots. I think you They have, have been sitting atop the... The NFL, not just the AFC, the NFL power rankings for almost the entire season. Yeah, I think you'd be a fool not to pick them. So okay. that's Marion, what I'm saying. New England, I agree with you there. I'm fucking the Pittsburgh Steelers. Really? Yes, because Big Ben and that offense and and the way the defense is kind of coming to play. I don't want to go to Pittsburgh right now. True. I just kind of don't. Very true. If I'm the if I'm the Miami Dolphins in the sixth seed right now, and I and I'm playing the the at Pittsburgh. I'm 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 not feeling good about my odds if I'm a Miami fan, uh, and I feel the same way about the Steelers as I do the New York Giants, as you could probably point to. Yeah. Once they get in the playoffs, they're a new team. Yeah. They're a hungry, dangerous team, yeah. and I feel like they could knock off the Patriots. Okay. So that's why I'm talking. And then you're them. killing. I'm killing the Houston Texans. I'm right there with you. Uh, they snuck in because of a weak uh, weak division. Yeah. And with an injury to Marcus Mariota at the last second, they they kind of they kind of squeaked in there. I agree with you, and I, I don't have faith with I don't have faith in them to take on anybody, including the Chiefs, uh, the at home if they if they were to uh, follow through on their uh, their final game of the week, uh, of the season. I agree with you mostly. The only thing I would change is probably the Pittsburgh Steelers because the Pittsburgh Steelers have no defense to speak of whatsoever. It doesn't matter, but, that, but it does matter. I mean, it matters when but you it, play a team like New England. You need to be able to not only play offense, but you need to find a way to stop Tom Brady as well. And Joe Flacco had so many open receivers in that Baltimore game. Very true. And if the Baltimore running back, instead of scoring a touchdown, happens to get tackled on the one, Baltimore wins that game. Very true. Because they run the clock out and get the seven points they need, most likely. But I'm just saying, 
I I'm I, I would take my fuck and give it to the Kansas City Chiefs. Yep, that was another one that I that I that I that I considered. Yes. Who right now, if you look at the seating as it is today, would be going to Houston in the wild card round, and that's a team they should beat. If they do better and they get the two seed and get a bye, Andy Reid's record after the bye is brought back into play. I don't think Andy Reid Andy Reid might have the best record after the bye against of any head coach of all time. And so you punch his ticket right to the AFC Championship where anything can happen in one game. I agree. I'm scared of the Kansas City Chiefs if I'm a New England fan the most. They they have the team. It ju- They just seem to be having fun playing as well. I also doubt everything you said is absolutely true and, 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 and very good observation. However, I just don't have a great deal of confidence in Alex Smith. Um, oh, Alex, I thought you were going to say Andy Reid. Andy Reid doesn't Andy Reid doesn't bother me as much, as much as he does other people. I think Andy Reid is a good coach. I think unfortunately where the Kansas City Chiefs are going to have a problem is can Alex Smith take over a game mm-hmm. in the playoffs when it's cold mm-hmm. and everything's on the line. I, I I haven't seen it in his career. I've seen Ben Roethlisberger do it in and out for the True. last decade. You're right. And and I and I and I think quarterbacks matter in the playoffs more so than any time out of the year uh, because you need stellar consistent play and Alex Smith kind of hasn't been that good he's yeah. been relying heavily on his defense and and his speedy uh, uh, wide receivers and, and a decent run game so I, I, I just I, I would put my money on Pittsburgh that's all I like uh, I, I, if I had to bet today it'd be New England Kansas City AFC championship game but we'll see what happens as for another team that I would kill would be that Oakland Raiders team. I I, think, I can't disagree with you. I think Matt McGloin is that bad. Um, not to say he's a bad person, but it, it, Houston Texans are who they've been this whole year. They play great defense. They try to establish the run and just get by with the quarterback. Nothing has changed for them. Oakland is a team that lights you up by an air attack led by a guy who's no longer there. And Matt McGloin needs to step into those shoes and replicate something that I don't think he has the ability to do. And they and, can't run the ball as well as other teams. They don't play defense as well as they have playmakers, but it's usually a game that they need to win and in they the push 40s the, and 50s. And they push the ball f- way down the field. Yeah. And he and Matt McGloin, you know, to everybody's you know observations inside and outside the locker room, he does not have as strong of an arm. No. So you're not throwing the ball as deep, and you're going to have to rely on guys. Because I mean, I think it was Dangle's father who pointed out a couple <laughs> weeks ago that you know they're, that wide receivers you know are un, you know are not Hall of Famers as much. Or what was it? What was it? He said he said wide receivers are not um, playmakers necessarily because they need the ball from the quarterback and the line needs to block from. Well, to a certain extent, that's true. Amari Cooper can't do too much if he doesn't get the ball. So, so, so the question is, is that is, is he going to be able to get the ball to his playmakers? Exactly. And, exactly. And I and neither one of us can say unequivocally that Matt McGloin can do that. So if we had to uh, marry, fuck, kill the three replacement quarterbacks in the AFC, you have McGloin for Oakland, you have Tom Savage for Houston, you have Matt Moore for Miami. Oh, Matt Moore all day. I marry Matt Moore. I think I agree with and you. I'm, and I'm fucking um, uh, Savage, and I'm killing Matt McGloin. Because at least Savage has won games. Cause, and also, not to mention, Matt Savage is probably a better quarterback right now than Brock Osweiler. Oh, for sure. For sure. Matt McGloin, record-wise, I believe he's 1-6. and six. Savage is 1-1, one one, small sample size. Matt Moore, 15-12 and 12 as a starter. Matt, that, that means, you know, not a great record, but above 500 and experience. And he reminds me of like a Trent Dilfer. Yeah, he's been there. He's a good, he's, a, he's got a lot of talent. He's always been a decent quarterback. Now, one thing that Matt, uh, that Matt Moore is not going to have to do 
Matt, Matt Moore doesn't have to put up crazy numbers. No. That Matt McGloin's going to have to. No. And, and, and Savage doesn't either. You've yeah, got a defense no. and you've got a decent run game. So both those teams are set up to to allow their backup quarterback to just do the basics yep. and do well. And 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 whereas Oakland, I'm I'm sorry, but you like you pointed out, there's too much riding on the quarterback position in that offense. And it stinks as an NFL fan because I really was looking forward to seeing Derek Carr versus Tom Brady. That would uh, have been a fun. Would have been a fun lot of fun matchup. to watch. So let's move over to the NFC. Okay, here we go. We're going to take out, for this question, we're going to take out Green Bay, Detroit, and Washington because they aren't technically in. So the four teams that have secured a spot in the NFC, they'll be playing in January. Dallas Cowboys, Atlanta Falcons, Seattle Seahawks, New York Giants. Marry, fuck, kill, bright guy. I think we're both going to marry the Dallas Cowboys. How can you not? How can you not? When I... When I watched them beat the Lions, I've got to give the Detroit Lions coaching staff especially a great deal of credit. They put together an incredible game plan in that first half. They did a great job. However, the Lions lost to a better team. Mm -hmm. They just got outplayed. And not to mention the Detroit Lions defensive backs, who are all backups for the most part at this this moment in time, uh, played really well, had good coverage, but it was Des Bryant all the way. Finally. Finally, it seems. They've been we've been looking for Des Bryant to be the Des of old, the guy who is one of the top five wide receivers in the league. He took over. Good that God, game. some of those catches, the great coverage, great catches. Great catches. So you're not just talking about a team that is um, you know, just edging its 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 opponents. They are beating their opponents yep. and beating good opponents at that. Um next, ooh, this one's hard. I like the Giants. I do. I'm, gonna I'm say happy it. you said that. I'm happy you said that because I, I, so I think we're both going to kill Seattle. Correct. Right. So let's start we, there before okay. we talk about. So Atlanta, why Seattle is the question. Seattle. I'm. I, I think we could agree that Seattle currently has a problem with talent on the offensive side of the ball, especially. Yeah. Great defense. Good defense. They have playmakers. Cliff Averill is having a great season. Yeah. Um, Legion of Boom is playing well. But their offense is 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 coming up shy when it comes to explosive plays. They're just not getting it done like they did. I mean, whenever you've watched them play against your Packers, I've seen them against my lines. We've seen them against other countless teams where they just have that one big play, yeah. that, that two three big plays out of Baldwin, uh, or in this case, you know, in the latter years Graham, you know, yeah. there's or or Marshawn Lynch. They don't have that guy this year. They don't mm-hmm. have that guy they can rely on in the last moment to just push them through. And Russell Wilson doesn't look like he's the. He, he right now is probably a 10 or 11th rated quarterback out of the league right now. And, and if that's the worst he goes, that's a Hall of Fame career, correct? But he's just not that guy right now where I'm looking like, boy, he's he's hot right now. He's just not. And I, I think the biggest change in Seattle this year versus years past, they still have the dominant defense as always. Even missing Earl Thomas, that defense is going to win them games. What Seattle could do better than anyone the last few years is if you put the ball down and said, I need one yard, Seattle was the best team to get you that one yard. This year, though, it doesn't seem like they can do it. It's a coin flip. I don't know if it's the running back. I don't know if it's the offensive line. I don't know if it's the play calling, but they can't seem to get that we need it right now one yard. And that is the difference between winning and losing. Well, I think it's also to the point earlier that I don't think they have a guy at the wide receiver position or in the backfield who can help Russell Wilson. 
Because Russell Wilson, you know, as good of a quarterback as he is, has always relied on somebody else to help push the the ball forward. And and they've always been good clock management team. Mm-hmm. They, they always allowed their defense time to breathe. And I don't see that. I, I feel like the defense is on the field way too much, and they're forcing their defense to come up with with magic. And they're good, but they're not. They're not. They're not. They're not perfect. But that's that's why I would kill the Seattle Seahawks. With that said, we're painting ourselves into a corner here because they are guaranteed at least one home game, and that's a tough place to play. And in the playoffs, like like we said about Pittsburgh earlier, if they just get into the playoffs, which they have, they can be a different team. So it just takes a second for them to prove us wrong. But that's why I think when you to to your question, who are you fucking Falcons or Giants? I I as 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 the Seahawks may progress into the into the playoffs. I have more faith in the Falcons or the Giants to come through yeah. and make make plays because they've been doing it the last five six weeks. Yeah, the Falcons look really good. Falcons look awesome. Why are we, why are we, why are we fucking them over the Giants? Is that just because we're scared? I am because I think the New York Giants are a scary team. If Eli Manning, truly, Eli Manning is the worst part of that team right now. And <laughs> no. if Eli Manning decides one day that he's going to start going back to his rare form of of throwing balls up in the air to guys above behind their head, I I think they could be the team to beat. Yeah. They're the one team right now who I can honestly say could both beat the Cowboys and the Patriots. Because yeah. not only did the Cowboys lose to the New York Giants, but the Patriots lost to to the Achilles heel, the, the the metropolitan area they don't want to lose to, and that is the New York Giants. I think it's very, I think I think it's well within the grasp, especially with a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. Because that's what the what the Seahawks don't have. Yep. They don't have a guy who could you just get it to him, just put it in his hands, and he's just going to do something crazy stupid. Yeah. So, and you know what? I think the New York Giants are a scary team because they 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 also have the ability to do some real cool trick plays. Uh. Just, just do some end around. Speak, speaking of trick, do an plays, end around. Throw Adele Beckham Jr. Get him to throw the ball. He's got a great arm. On on a tangent here, why did Dallas and Kansas City both use their trick plays in a meaningless Week 15 game? Why did That's they not question. save those plays for the playoffs? It's a good question. I um, texted that to my buddy Danny, who's a diehard Dallas Cowboys fan, and he said, "You don't, you you don't uh, win by cute plays in January." And I texted him back, tell, yes. that, tell that to New England. New England wins by cute plays all the time in January. You win the best way you can in January. Well, because well, you, that, that also defies logic because in the playoffs, the margin for error is so much smaller. You, uh-huh. you have to throw those trick plays in there uh, to win games. So, no, I don't agree with that whatsoever. But uh, to, your, to your question about Cowboys, uh, when I saw it, I was like, cool. You, you know, you pull that off in the NFC Championship game. Jason Garrett is, you know, people have put him on his shoulders. You know what I mean? Carrying True. him outside the place. True. You just wasted it. All right. Anyway, I don't know. That's a great question. I don't know the answer to that. To be very honest with you. Sorry, I, guys. I'm, cl- I'm I'm speechless for the first time on this show. <laughs> um, I agree with you in the fact that I'm fucking the Giants because you're exactly right. As soon as Eli decides to turn it on, there is no like they are the scariest team. Their I, defense I will say is this. great. I will say this. I was home for the holidays. I had the pleasure of going to the Jets-Patriots game. It was an awesome game to watch. We only stayed for the first half because me and my dad had to fly back and get food ready for Christmas Eve dinner. But all that we were there for four hours tailgating like we always do. Nice. And then I had a week afterwards of going with my dad to have beers with his buddies. We saw all different types of people, all of whom are diehard New England Patriots fans. And, of course, we brought up a lot of things that weekend, including the Derek Carr injury and all that other stuff. But my question to all of them was, who are you scared of? Who, who do you not want to see? Do you not want to see Pittsburgh? Do you not want to see Kansas City? Do you not want to see Houston? Do you not want to, who, who are you worried about beating you on your way to another trophy? And the most consistent answer was, they don't want to see New York. 
these fans do not want to see New York. And I brought up, but guys, you could beat them. You could, you know, you could punch out the guy who's, who's beaten you up the past two years. You could get revenge. No, they don't want any part of it, man. Wow. They're scared to go up against them. Now, is that because of obviously the, the many years back or currently right now? I don't know, man, but I think it's a little bit of everything. Nobody, nobody wants to see the Giants in the playoffs. Well, and as soon as Eli turns it on, they're a different team. Two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback, yeah. simply put. As much as the Falcons are a great team, don't be surprised if Matt, if Matt Ryan takes a shit and 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 he and, could turn and, into Andy Dalton and fucks him over in the yeah. playoffs. I I you know and not to get too far also into this direction, but I'm scared of Aaron Rodgers if he gets in the playoffs. Oh yeah, yeah. Aaron, you know I know you've been critical of that team for the right reasons in the early part of the season, but there's no hotter quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is is has moved up the ranks for the MVP. I know. Yeah, and it kind of kind of were. I don't believe he. This is not an MVP season for him. But we'll talk about the MVP at the but end that's, of the season. But that's but that's but that's what happens in the playoffs. Quarterback yes. play is is crucial. So let's finish up before we move to our picks and before we move to the ultimate breakdown of my team versus your team for playoff dominance. I'm excited to talk I'm about it. Looking forward to it. Let's play our favorite game of the week that sadly is coming to an anticlimactic end simply because. We have so many teams that have already been eliminated that these choices have become very easy in Week 17. This is not what I was expecting. It's unfortunate, but I'm, I'm happy, though, that none of us are going to be too embarrassed. No, no. So, again, the grave pool now consists, and for those who are, don't know, we've been choosing a team every week to kill that will not make the playoffs. This week, we have three teams left to kill. We were hoping to have a bunch of do-or-die games. We are left with just one. Um, and our grave pool consists of Cleveland, Chicago, San Fran, Jets, Jacksonville, L.A., Cincinnati, Philly, Carolina, Buffalo, New Orleans, and the Miami Dolphins. We all got that one wrong. Miami is making the playoffs. We all lose a point for that. Now, uh, individually, Dangles is not here. Individually, Dangles killed off Indy, the Giants, Baltimore, Tampa Bay, and Denver. He is losing a point for killing off the Giants back in week six. He has texted me his kills, and he's killing off Arizona, Minnesota, and Washington. Somehow, someway, Dangles forgot to kill off the San Diego Chargers. Oh. So if for some reason Washington makes the playoffs, he will now have minus three points, Miami, New York, and Washington. But Dangles is going with what he knows. We still love <laughs> you, buddy. We just Maybe you're just having too good of a time in New Hampshire. <laughs> so I'm sitting here now. I, uh, I've killed off in the past week San Diego, Arizona, Tampa Bay, and Minnesota. And I'm sorry, and Washington. Uh, this week, I'm killing off teams that have already been eliminated, Indy, Baltimore, and Denver. Uh, Brad Guy, yes, sir. you have killed off the 12 teams in the grave pool. In addition, you've killed off Indy, Baltimore, Arizona, San Diego, and Denver. Uh, there's a handful of teams that have been eliminated from contention that you are free to kill off right now. I need your final three gravestone picks. Well, that's going to be easy for me. I'm going to kill the Tennessee Titans, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Minnesota Vikings. There you go. And that leaves me all the... Currently, I have the AFC, I think, nailed down. Yeah, the only thing Miami. That, the only thing that could change is if I... If somehow Washington makes the playoffs, then Brian, you will win Gravestones. If Washington doesn't make the playoffs, me and you will tie. Okay. Dangles will lose because he eliminated the Giants way back when. And we we were only minus one. Yeah, minus we all we all Miami. screwed up on Miami. But other than that, we did a pretty good job. Right. So that's a game. I had a lot of fun playing that game throughout the year. We will try to make it more interesting uh, next year. 
and I'll think if I can uh, break out my math skills and try to work that one out. But, but it came down to you. Thank you for – it's a great game. I've I never like played that before, and I, I like appreciated it. it. And uh, But that's it. Hope you did too. That is it for our Week 17 recap. Now we're going to move forward to our uh, Pick'em, which is m- my favorite section of the week. But sadly, buddy, there's not much climax in that either because you have killed it. So, Thank you. Congratulations. Let's move on so I can cry myself to sleep. And then we can finish this this uh, podcast with a good long talk about the last game of the you year. You might get the last laugh. I can't wait, man. All right. As always, guys, ram it. And here we are, left coasters, to the final segment of our Week 17 podcast. Again, my name is Tony Cavallo. I'm here with Brian the Ballerina Balzarini. Matt D'Angelo Antonio is not with us today. He's with us. Well, I mean, you say he's with us in spirit when they pass away, so let's not say that. Dangles will be with us next week uh, for our playoff extravaganza, the first of many. We will be having guest hosts coming back. We will be back in the Left Coasters studio. If you have any questions pertaining to the playoffs, please feel free to email us at theleftcoasterspodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram under the same name. We've had a wonderful season. We're going to finish out strong. We've been making these picks all season. We've been picking winners all season. We missed it week one, but we've been doing it every week since. And my man, Brian, you have destroyed it. You are now, after posting an 11-5 and record last week, you are now a buck 46 and 75. Wow. A buck 46 and 75. If you go four games above 500 this week, you will be 75 games above 500 what's the percentage on that just out of curiosity let's do the math on that 66 percent. that's a high qb rating that's pretty solid nice 66 percent is pretty solid i'll take it i uh because i went for broke last week and picked all the underdogs it did not work out for me i have now fallen to 134 and 87 i'm gonna do my best to get above 50 games above 500 dangles is in third place 126 and 95 I am now 12 games behind you. Dangles is 20 games behind you. We have given you the crown for this year. Congratulations. The first year of the Left Coasters podcast. Pick'em championship goes to Brian the Ballerina. Balzarini. Anything to say, Brian? No, I just want to say uh, thank you for being a good sport. I appreciated your effort last week in attempting to absurd me. But um, I don't know, man. I just, I think, uh, I was thinking about it the other day. And I was telling my... um, my girlfriend's uncle, Chris Wendy, who was uh, amazing and got us uh, into the Jaguars game with his season tickets. I was telling him about it, and I said, and I kind of was thinking, I'm lucky that we don't do the odds, the spreads, point, the point spreads. Yeah. I, I would, hard. I think I would be probably behind you. I think you're better at that. So I'm lucky enough where I get the 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 luck of a coin flip in some regards. But um, I think we do so much work here on the on the show breaking things down and I try to do the best I can to not bring in any kind of bias. And I listen to you guys most often than not. And it ended up, ended up being uh, beneficial to me. So, yeah, I think for me to change, I need to leave my bias at the door. I've been having a lot of bias favor, including a lot of Cleveland matches, a lot of LA matches. 
you know, they all they all bundle up. I think up you get cute sometimes. Yeah, I do. You yeah, get do. cute sometimes, and you do it for for entertainment value. I think that hurts you. <sighs> yeah, I think I you could have done better. It's okay. It's okay. We're moving on. Dangles, uh, though, I don't know what his excuse is. <laughs> Truly, I don't. I wish he, I wish she was here to explain that, because as a as a man who is as learned as as Mr. Dangles is, and who's so privy to most information floating around the league, you'd think that guy would just be, you know, you'd think he'd be like the the, the geek who he'd just be, knew he'd be everything. Rain man. Yeah, he should be Rain Man. He should be Rain Man when it comes yeah. to pickups, but no, not 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 true. It's okay. Dangles, Dangles, and come back next year. And after this week. Man, the slate wipes clean. I was gonna say, are we starting again with playoffs? Oh, of course, of course. And we'll. We, there's a. Sadly, it, it makes me sad every week to say this. Every year to say this. There's only eleven playoff games. Wow, isn't that? Put that in perspective. Eleven games left after this week. Most of these games this week are meaningless. But guys, if you have a football team out there, if you have a player you like to watch, if you have any reason to do nothing this Sunday, God. New Year's Day, and watch NFL football is your last chance. To really do so. The red zone is only one more week available. This is it. 16 games to finish us off. Bright guy. They're all on Sunday. We know what the last game is. And we're going to take that apart and do a little analysis on it. But let's do the week 17 pick em. My man, start us off. Yes, sir. First and foremost, we have the Baltimore Ravens at the Cincinnati Bengals. I think Baltimore does enough to win because it's Steve Smith's final game in the NFL. Dangles also takes Baltimore. I'm taking Baltimore as well for the ex- for the exact point you just made, Steve Smith. Yeah. Next we have the Texans at the Titans. God, this would be a an amazing game if we've Marcus Mariota was We've was been looking the... forward to this game Ugh. for months. We were this was supposed to be one of our do or die games. And you know, just the luck of the draw Houston ends up securing the uh, the division before we get here. And Mariota's not here to play. But no, I think Houston wins this game. Uh, it's simply because Matt Castle might be. I mean, when we do the quarterback list, which it's one of our po- podcasts that we want to do in our in the off season here, where we rank all the starting quarterbacks from this year, and Matt Castle now officially is going to be on that list somewhere. And <laughs> my guess is he's somewhere near the bottom. I'm going with Houston as is Dangles. I will be as well. Okay. We're going to be do- talking about the Panthers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going with Carolina. I think Tampa Bay is ready to be done. Uh, uh, Dangles takes Tampa. I take Carolina. I don't know because Jameis Winston just. Uh, yeah, he, they could he, easily put it all behind him and beat up Carolina. Carolina ain't exactly playing for much either. That team uh, yeah. looks to be ready to be out the door as well. Uh, I'm going to stick with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is a this is a week that only degenerates gamble on. Truly, you can't touch these games if you're a healthy, sane person. Can't do it because you're just gonna you could just be blowing money. You have no so idea quickly what's and easily. Yeah. Uh, well, th- speaking about blowing money, no one would pick uh, the Browns against the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers at this moment. That's it's, that's the game at Pittsburgh. at Pittsburgh. Here's the thing, though: I don't. Uh, Big Ben, uh, Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon Bell are all sitting out as they should. Um, so Cleveland will be playing Landry Jones. Um, Cleveland won a <laughs> won a game. Good they for them, by the way. Good for them. Pop the cork. Like we didn't, we didn't announce that. I in was our really headlines. disappointed as a Lions fan. It I, truly was. You were. I kind of would admire having that because you're so far past that now. You're no longer the zero and sixteen Giants. Yeah, but like, but, that, but, that's but, your but they're own. novelty. You know what I mean? They're yeah. kind of a they're kind of a pariah. They, pe- people will always associate Detroit Lions with the the worst season in NFL history. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So to have another team with it, especially the a city like Cleveland, it kind of you know. Yeah. 
it kind of demystifies the the terrible record. I got you. I am uh, because Cleveland is a dumb team, and if they lose, they get the they, one pick. If, if they, they win, win there's they a chance it. they get the two pick. I think Cleveland wins this week just because I've. I've screwed up with Cleveland so much this year. I'm pissed I didn't pick I'm them last week. I'm going with Cleveland, week. too. I'm pissed I didn't pick them last week to get the only win they have. I want a piece of the pie. I'm going down swinging with Cleveland. Dangles takes Pittsburgh. You take Cleveland. I'll take Cleveland Moving for the up. first time this season. Second team, second time this season, actually. Uh, then we have the Cowboys at the Eagles. Well, uh, the Cowboys, here's the thing. Another scenario, they're not playing their starters. And if they were... They, they, have, they, they haven't... Uh, they've announced that they're going to play it through, though, which is scary. The thing is, you never want to have too much rest because you don't want to be stale when the playoffs start. Dallas has secured a bye. They secured a home game. They're going to be facing someone who already played a playoff game the week before. That feels hot. So they're going to play some of their starters. question is how long or how much because... They almost lost Tyron Smith in the game against Detroit. Yeah, that was that was scary. He is the best offensive lineman they have. And One of the left, best in the league. And at left tackle, that is a huge position to lose. So if someone like Ezekiel Elliott goes down with a knee strain, oh, the, the fire would come out. Well, I think they'd be dumb to play a guy like Zeke, as opposed to a guy like Dak, who Dak, Dak could go through that game without getting touched. Mm-hmm. Whereas Zeke Elliott is going to be going against guys who, I hate to say it, but this it's kind of that kind of league. Guys from Philadelphia could easily go for a guy uh, yes. for for his knees very easily in a legal manner and 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 his season. Um, but in this case, I'm 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 going to stick with the Cowboys. Uh, Daniels is taking the Cowboys. I am taking Philadelphia because again, I believe that's a team that uh, like a New Orleans who's coming up later. They're still a fighting team. Like Philadelphia, still, I think they like their head coach. They like to play for that team, and they're going to be fighting in the last game. And I do think we see uh, a lot of Dallas backups as the second half goes on. But I think that's how good the Dallas backups are. What are you going to see, Tony Romo? That's true. That's true. <laughs> Tony Romo lighting people up. Jason Witten's not going off the field. I can tell you that much. Um, so as long as he's got him, he's got a chance. Uh, funny little fun fact: the uh, Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz uh, got his offensive lineman shotguns <laughs> for Christmas. <laughs> Shotguns for Christmas. That's a Dakota boy right there. Good God, I heard that. I just went. You, uh, you can't. What is it, what's the saying? You can't take the. Uh, you can't take the uh, farm out of the out of the boy. Yeah, you take the boy out of the farm. Can't take the farm out of the boy. Yep. There you go, Carson. Perfect <laughs> example. Uh, next, we've got the Rexless Bills at the New York Jets. I'm going again with my uh, uh, new head coach philosophy here, Buffalo Bills. Interesting, though, they will not have Tyrod Taylor starting. E.J. Manuel. Yeah, E.J. Manuel stinks. We, we know he stinks. But so does the Jets. Yeah, the Jets. I mean, I saw them firsthand, man. They are. There's a lot of discord in there. I don't think it's the coach that's the problem. I simply think these players, sometimes you just don't bad get mix. along. It's a bad mix, simply put. So I think the Jets are dunzo with this season. I, I, Dangles, I and I, Dangles and I both take Buffalo. You take Buffalo I take Buffalo because well. of the running game alone. And the, and you know what? Buffalo Bills have got a great offensive line. They do. They, they do. get a quarterback. Who knows what they could do? Um, and they've got a lot of guys coming back from injury next year. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see who they get there to, to, to man the uh, f- the uh, the offense. That would be a head coaching spot. But again, you're going Jim Bob up. Cooter. Call, I'm calling it now. That'd be nice. Jim Bob. Jim Bob and the Bills. That would make a lot of sense. Get Too ready. much sense. Uh, next, we've got the Bears at the Vikings. Matt Barkley, five picks last week. Ruining, ruining my picks. Tell you how I didn't give a shit. I didn't even know that. Five interceptions. Five interceptions. And Matt Barkley, we were talking about, not just we, people were talking about him as being like, you know, Chicago could have something in Matt Barkley. Five picks. 
See you later. So I'm going with Minnesota. I'm going with Minnesota. Just because Minnesota. Like, God damn it. Five interceptions. You had a chance, Matt Barkley, to get starters money, to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, and you throw five picks. After you threw three picks the week before to uh, the Green Bay Packers. And that's not exactly a team right now in the offseason that has much really to to go off of. If you're, no. if you're a veteran quarterback looking to get signed, you, you've got a chance. But who are you throwing to? Yeah. Alshon Jeffrey? He might not even be there. He might not even be there. That's That's a tough place to be. John Fox, probably not lasting. Uh, next, we have the Jaguars at the Colts. By the way, high five to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, that, they, they came out on fire. I was very impressed watching came that out team. Came on fire. Good, good for Blake Portals. By the way, that's their first home. Uh, that was their first home victory of the season. Oh, my God. that's uh, You wonder why the guy gets fired. Like You can't go 1-7 and seven at home when you're expected to make the playoffs that year. The other year. home victory they had this year was in London. Oh, my God. Jacksonville. I'm... Uh, I am picking them to win. Dangles is picking Indianapolis. I'm simply picking Jacksonville because I think Indy is so disheartened by not making the playoffs with what probably is the best team in that division, at least the best offense. Andrew Luck, certainly the best quarterback in that division. I also think Pagano is not lasting. I think he's one of the Black Monday firings. We probably should have gone through these picks with our Black Monday picks as well. <laughs> right? But uh, I'm taking Jacksonville. Dangles is taking Indy. I'm going to go Indy. Okay. Uh, however, I do think your Jacksonville Jaguars, are. Pro- there's a good chance Doug Marone might have a chance. Dougie Fresh, yeah. He did a really wonderful job. And, I like and, Doug. And, pe- and you could tell people gave a shit, you know? And if people in the not- stands were looking around going... This is what we were looking for. They have to make a decision. Do they want to go with the fan favorite of Tom Coughlin, who is a 70-year-old man, or the guy who is in a prime years of his life as a head coach and go with Doug Marone? Is Doug, is Doug an offensive-minded guy? Yeah, or? he is. He started off as O-lineman, O-line head coach. I wonder if uh, Tom Coughlin could come in and, and a Doug Marone could be an OC. He'd, I don't think Marone would accept that. Don't think so? I think I think if Tom Coughlin comes into Jacksonville and he's not the head coach, I think it'd be smart to make him like team president. Kind of like what John Elway does in Denver. I don't think that would be dumb at all. No. Interesting. All right. Uh, then we have the Patriots at the Dolphins. Do the Patriots play their their, their, their they, starters? Yes, because the, if they need to win this game to secure that secure one that seat, first, okay. they don't want to be traveling anywhere. New England. Um, but again, Oakland's not. I don't think Oakland wins the game that they play. We'll so it's, it's kind of a toss-up here. I think New England plays their starters. I also think Miami plays their starters. Question is, New England has trouble in Miami. This is going to be a weird game because it's these are two playoff teams that are division rivals that are playing a semi-meaningful game. Like, if they lose, it's not like they're missing the playoffs. Neither of these teams, this is not a do-or-die game for either of these teams. So it's kind of weird the mindset that goes in. I think New England prepares better. I think New England wins, as does Dangle. I think they scheme better, ultimately. And Tom Brady is a competitor. He's not going to take his foot off the gas. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're getting the uh, uh, the afternoon games. We have the Kansas City Chiefs at the Chargers. I think KC. KC... Got a uh, lot to play for. Yeah. Yes, they do. And San Diego, man. That, that's my another I think Black McCoy's Monday gone. guy. I yeah. think McCoy's gone. And I think they have to talk about Phillip Rivers. And uh, Dangles takes Kansas City as well. Yeah, Phillip Rivers is not having a good year. I wouldn't I wouldn't be, if you told me that Phillip Rivers in two to three, four weeks, maybe even two or four or five months, gets traded, I wouldn't doubt it. I thought you were going to say retires. He could do that too. Absolutely. Uh, he's too much of a competitor. Uh, I'll tell you, Phillip Rivers does not want to come to L.A. That's why I think he gets traded. Yeah. That's why I think he goes to the Chicago Bears. Yeah. That's why I think he goes to, I don't know, insert Arizona Cardinals. Arizona. Yeah, I was looking at Arizona, too. Which is the next game, the Arizona Cardinals at the L.A. Rams. 
God, did... L.A., just a... Here's the thing. The game that they played against San Fran last week, Los Angeles, that you could have subbed in Case Keenum in that game and had the same exact L.A. Rams. We were, we were looking for hope in Jared Goff, and I haven't seen any yet. And I was sitting here like you got. I was the one saying, let's go with Goff. Let's go with Goff. I'm ready to see the kid. I'm ready to see the kid. I'm really disheartened by this this stretch. He shouldn't be because it's not like, you know, he's Ryan Leaf right now. But I'm looking at it like the way the L.A. Rams are built currently. We are not a good offensive team with no real hope to change that. Rob Boris needs to be shown the door. But what about this team? Like, even Todd Gurley was supposed to be this X factor, this man who's one of the best running backs in the NFL. If we cut Todd Gurley tomorrow, I wouldn't be angry about it. And I haven't seen Todd Gurley at all. Where was the Todd Gurley from St. Louis that everyone fell in love with? He looks like an average running back. I'd rather a Doug Martin. I'm serious. Todd Gurley does not look like a special player to me this year. And neither does Jared Goff. I'm very disappointed in this team. Um, we'll do sort of a post-mortem next week on the L.A. Rams because we don't get to talk about them anymore. And when Dangles is here, we'll all sort of come together and see where we are after a year of watching them. But in this game, I think Arizona wins. Dangles thinks Arizona wins. And you? Arizona. Yeah. I just think the L.A. Rams got to stake the, uh, shake the stink of St. Louis. Yes. And it was a good move to fire Jeff Fisher. That's a start. That's a start. But the question is, this is a big offseason. Get this rid of your GM. Get rid of your. Just get rid of your GM. The guy who signed off on that big ass trade for Jared Goff, he looks like a fucking idiot right now. Just looks like a fucking idiot. Especially when you got a guy like Dak Prescott. I know. I know nobody thought that, but or Carson Wentz. Or Carson. Everyone Wentz. knew Carson Wentz was going to be one too. They you, knew it was the other guy was Carson. You leveraged the 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 livelihood of this organization to get a kid who could be very good, but ultimately. You gave up too much. You just did. You gave up everything for yeah, that kid. You did, and and he's not he's not Andrew Luck. So no, I, he's certainly not. He's that's the thing. This year is the second year of Jameis and Mariota, and they both look like studs. I would love to be Tampa Bay or Tennessee right now because they look like futures right there. They may not turn out to be Tom Brady, but they look like I can bank on. But these they guys. can. But but you know that going into the following year's draft. The next year's draft, you have a guy. You have a guy. Yes, You've got yes, somebody who yes. you could add to the pieces to that to that missing puzzle, and and it doesn't look to be the case at this moment. That's, we don't know if we have a guy. That's what's frustrating. Is Jared Goff could be great. He could also be shitty. We'll find out. But what are you going to give the kid? And you know what? Who's going to want to come here if you're a free agent? You better you better get a head coach that people That's like. That's what I'm saying. What's up, Rex? All right. So we've got the uh, next. We got the Raiders at the Broncos. Interesting game. I think Denver wins. I, I think, think Denver wins too. I think Denver is very, very angry that they're not going to be in the postseason. They are the defending Super Bowl And they champ. play at Denver. And I think Denver is a team that is a class organization. But and I think they play this game hard. And I'm, But I'm also looking to the Oakland Raiders, and I'm saying how, you're going to get a very, very good idea of the temperature of this team. Yes, yes. Big game for Oakland. How do they feel open. about their chances in the playoff? Uh, Giants at Redskins. Uh, this is where this is where things get interesting for me and you. Listen, I am uh, I'm picking it with my heart here, not with my mind. I want the Giants to win. As uh, Dangles picks the Giants, I want the Giants. I'm going with the Giants. I'm picking the Giants for the exact same reason. 
in the logical sphere of looking at this game, it's a really good offense in Washington against a really good defense in the Giants. That's the matchup of this game. The other sides of the ball, the Washington defense is not necessarily very good. And the Odell's going to have a good game. The New York offense, but there's a the thing. He's going up against Josh Norman, who seems to be an Achilles heel for him. He gets into Odell's head, and what's the thing that stops Odell? It's Odell. When Odell gets in his own head and starts fighting with the kicking net, Odell good, can't play. But also think about what is one of the one things that the New York Giants are really good at. Once they have their foot on the gas, they are they play free and easy. Mm-hmm. They don't tend to they don't tend to kill themselves. They don't tend to shoot themselves in the foot when they're doing really well. And they've got a playoff spot, so they're feeling fucking sexy yeah. right now. And I feel like that is when Odell Beckham. Starts m- mouthing off. Can showcase a little bit. And showcase yeah. without feeling like he, he's got the world on his shoulders. I, I think the, the New York Giants pull it off. Okay. Um, next, we have the Seahawks at the 49ers. <laughs> I'm going hey, to Seattle. Can we make I this mean, quick? Congratulations, Colin Kaepernick. Congratulations, San Fran. I think Seattle wins, as does Dangles. Could be looking at a first overall pick, 49ers. Get excited. And they'd be getting a quarterback. No, they wouldn't. You don't think so? No. Right. We'll talk about that when the draft comes along. Uh, then these. this is the last game in the afternoon. This is the Saints at the Falcons. This will be a fun game because, again, I think New Orleans is a team that does not quit and will give Atlanta a fight, a team that they do have a f- fierce rivalry with. It's at Atlanta, though. I still think Atlanta wins, as does Dangles. I'm going with Atlanta, too. And last but not least... Game 256. That's what the NFL is calling it, Game 256, because it's the 256th schedule uh, game on the schedule. It is... The game in which the season couldn't have come to a better end. I'm pumped. And I don't care if you're a Packer fan or a Lion fan or you're a Rams fan. If you're listening, you better believe that this game is going to be fun to watch. Oh, yeah. Because here's the thing, Tony. So let, before we move forward, let's let's put the slate out there. Green Bay Packers at 9-6 and six are at the Detroit Lions, who are also at 9-6. and six. Winner gets the NFC North crown. Loser, depending on the Washington game, could be out altogether. It's at Detroit. At Detroit. If it was at Lambeau, I don't think there would be as much excitement about this game. You don't think so? I think it would still be the Sunday game because it's the only game on the schedule that really truly means something. Yes. Um, But the fact that it's at, at Ford Field... It gives the Lions what they haven't had since 1993, and that is an honest chance at being the division champion. You're absolutely correct. A Detroit Lions team with hope is a scary Detroit Lions team. But. 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 There is no team right now who is playing better than the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I will. I've been very angry with my Packers, and uh, I've said my points of criticism against them, but I have to unabashedly agree with you. We are the hottest team in the NFL right now. And I told you we were texting back and forth uh, during the Dallas-Detroit game, and um, not not a whole lot of negativity, but just out of me, a more sober reflection of I, I where I think the Detroit Lions are at right now. Matt Stafford is not playing great. No, he's really not. He's These not past playing two great. weeks have been really, really bad for him. And you know why? It's because they're pl- they played against two great teams. They play, they have, They've only beaten one team with a winning record. And they also have and and had at the beginning of the season one of the easiest schedules. Yes. And I think that 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 is a benefit uh, that they've taken advantage of. 
and have put themselves in a good position. I just I just think this could I don't know. It, there's a lot of feelings, but you have something to say. And with one of the worst schedules, as you said, they've been trailing in the fourth quarter in 14 of 15 games. So with one of those worst schedules, they've won most of these games. They've been the cardiac cats, as we've called them. The question is, is that luck or is that skill? And let me point out to you one clear statistic to me that says a great deal about why the Lions have not won the NFC North as as long as Matt Stafford has been, been the starting quarterback, who is a good quarterback by anybody's definition. Mm-hmm. But Matt Stafford is 3-12. and 12 in primetime and playoff games. I wouldn't have guessed that. 3-12. and 12, He has 19 TD passes, 21 giveaways, and a passer rating, of, passer rating of 87.5. That's not good. That's not good. And this is essentially a primetime game and a playoff game. Essentially. But, but, what did you say to me when they were playing the Dallas Cowboys? You said they need Darius Slay back. Yes, they do. Uh, well, that, that's because uh, Dallas could do whatever they want when they were passing the ball against Detroit. They could do whatever they want, and they were throwing to the guy who came in to replace Darius Slay. Darius Slay is not a world beater, but he is a good, he's solid a top ten DB. He really is solid cornerback, and he's I think he's the seventh high, seventh highest paid DB in the league, and he plays like it. And he needs to be on the field if Detroit stands a chance, because when you're looking at the stats. The Green Bay Packers have two 1,000-yard receivers this year. If Devontae gets 40 yards in this game, they'll have 2,000-yard receivers, which is huge on this Green Bay team. And you need that means you need to cover both of them because if you only cover one, the other one's going to be open around the top. We saw it on Jordy in that Chicago game. One play can kill you. And they need Darius Slayback if they have any hope to stop this team. Um on the year, Matt Stafford and Aaron Rodgers, both, I mean, outside MVP candidates. Matt Stafford has thrown, he'll hit 4,000 yards in this game. He currently has 22 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. Aaron Rodgers has thrown for 4,100 yards. He has 36 touchdowns to 7 interceptions. Ugh. Uh, would you, here's the thing. I talked last uh, a couple weeks back that Eddie Lacy was leading my Green Bay Packers in rushing still. Ty Montgomery has surpassed him, thankfully, but... Did you know that if Eddie Lacy was on the Detroit Lions, he'd be leading your team in rushing? Absolutely. That's insane. Absolutely. That's insane. And Zach Zenner, last game, you texted me this, why did they stop giving him the ball? He was looking great. Do you know why they, they, they stopped giving him the balls? Because the Detroit Lions' offense and offensive playbook does not work when they are behind. If they Apparently. aren't. If, if they aren't passing. Mm-hmm. They have to pass when they are down. It's the same thing with Green Bay. Green Bay is a team that has to pass. They've found a running game as of late, but that's the thing, guys. When it comes, uh, all right, let's break this down into how do these teams win. I think whoever establishes the run. This team is a. This team is a. This game is a game between two teams that have two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. You could argue who's better, but they are two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL today. But I'm telling you right now, whoever establishes the run wins this game. No doubt. Period. No doubt. And it's, is it going to be Ty Montgomery or is it going to be Zach Zenner? And who keeps running? Mike McCarthy has shown a penchant as well to say, oh, we can't run the ball in the first quarter. That's it. I'm not running it again for the rest of the, the day. This, But one of these teams better buckle down and start running because that's the only way you're going to win. 
Right now, the uh, offensive ranks is Green Bay has the better offense rank-wise. They are the 10th best offense, Detroit the 23rd, which is surprising to me. Um, Green Bay 7th passing offense, 20th rushing. Detroit 13th passing, 30th rushing. Detroit, for as good as a team as I've thought they've been on offense, these are not good numbers for them. Green Bay is the 6th highest scoring team, Detroit the 21st, which is surprising to me. I thought they'd be much higher on that ranking. On defense, it turns around a little bit, though. Absolutely. Because Detroit is 15th overall on defense, Green Bay 20th. Detroit, 15th in the league passing defense, Green Bay 29th. I guarantee you those numbers have dropped for Detroit since Slay's gone down. On rushing defense, Green uh, Detroit again, middle of the road, 17th. Green Bay a lot better at the 9th best defense. Scoring, Detroit 13th, Green Bay 22nd. So, the the what that shows God. is... Detroit plays in medium-scoring games. Green Bay plays in those high-scoring games. They've let up 40 points to Tennessee and Indy to, and Washington. They've also scored 40-plus points but on Not in the Seattle. last couple of weeks. Uh, exactly. So what team shows up? I'm telling you, my man, we're going to be watching this together, and I'm excited to do so. I, 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 it gets me riled up to watch these two teams play, especially when there's something meaningful on the line. We watched a gem of a game last year with the Hail Mary on Thursday night. I'm excited to see who comes out on top, but I will be pulling my hair out if I don't see us trying to establish the run early. I'm going to beat this dead horse till it turns into glue, man. You need to run the ball to win this game. Where are you coming from? Ugh. Matt Stafford is 1-4. and four, uh, t- Touchdowns to interceptions, respectively, over the last... Three games. One TD to four interceptions the last three games? He threw five interceptions prior to that the entire season. (sighs) Wow. He does not play well against good teams. And as you just pointed out, while the Green Bay Packers are deficient in some ways on defense, they do. What's the turnovers out of curiosity? Because Green Bay has a knack for making big plays they've they've won their past few games off of turnovers they really have that defense has been turning people over and that's the only way it's been shaping up and what i see that makes me uh worried is that you see a desperate detroit lions people are saying oh they're they're in a corner there's no better team in a corner that you know you put them on the uh you know on their home field and you know put the game in their hands and people are saying, well, it's a microcosm of their season. The Detroit Lions have always won in the fourth quarter. If there is no better reason, no better example of winning in the fourth quarter, and that is winning the last game of the season to get in the playoffs, it's the Detroit Lions. Now, that's romantic. I totally understand the the, the urge to want to you know romanticize that and, and buy into that. And it would be a great story. Don't get me wrong. I'll be the first one screaming and running around the bar. But if you're asking me right now to put money down on the Detroit Lions— it it would be, it'd be me handing that money over and knowing I'd never see it again. More mm-hmm. than likely, mm-hmm. more than likely. But I'm picking the Detroit Lions because you have to. My you man. have to. You have to. You have to. I wouldn't be able to call myself a fan if it didn't come down to this. Now, with that being said, I'm not going to be disappointed if they lose. I'm not going to be. I'll only be disappointed if they somehow make this a game that 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 it could be called in the first quarter 
or the second or, or, yes. or the second quarter. I'll be very disappointed, and so will the rest of the league, if this game isn't made to be honest, and and the and the last touchdown comes or the last field goal comes down in the last thirty seconds. It, sh- it should be a Pittsburgh Baltimore game. I hope it does. I genuinely hope it does because that's what we deserve as fans. And I hope the Detroit Lions organization, front office, and the coaching staff are more prepared than they've ever been for for any game. And I say it. I said it already. I was so happy and pleased to see them come out against a very good. Dallas Cowboys and punch him in the mouth and Zach Zenner run the ball. Run the fucking ball. Seriously. Run the fucking ball. Um, you brought up turnovers. Green Bay is six tied for six in the league with a plus seven turnover differential. Detroit is tied for 16th in the league at even. They've given away the ball as much as they've taken away the ball. The thing that jumps out to me is Detroit has, given, has uh, taken away the ball 14 times, given it away 14 times. Green Bay has taken the ball away 24 times, which means they have three more giveaways than the Detroit Lions do, but that defense turns you over. And if turnovers matter, ladies and gentlemen who are listening to this back home, because the top four teams in turnover ratio right now are Oakland, Kansas City, Atlanta, New England. What are all those four teams have in common? Playoffs. Not only playoffs, but they're all fighting for bye weeks right top, now. Top of, the, top of the heap playoff teams. And not to, not to get too deep in the weeds here, but the, the, the Lions offensive line, I think to, to the question is, how does Green Bay cause turnovers? They have a very nasty front. Perry. Yes, we do. Matthews, Julius Peppers off Mike the edge. Daniels, yep. everybody is is playing really well right now, and the one unit right now that the Lions cannot afford to to see take a step backwards in which they did against the Dallas Cowboys, and that is the offensive line. Yeah, um, their first overall pick, Decker specifically, he's got to redeem himself this week. He surrendered two sacks and five hurries. And I know the Dallas Cowboys are the Dallas Cowboys, but that is that is going to get you in trouble. I'm skeptical, but I, I do think that if there's any time the Detroit Lions could win and take the division, it's this year. Oh, I, I'm fully right there with you. What scares me the most is all of the pundits that I've heard this week in the NFL are throwing Detroit away. They're all picking Green Bay. and And so they should. Well, I don't know. No, no. Absolutely. I don't believe so. Detroit is the the same record. I would argue it's the same team as Green Bay. They are a a team led by that quarterback, and what what happens with the quarterback goes the rest of the team. If they're turning the ball over, they're going to lose. If they can't find a way to establish the run, they're going to lose. They're going to be fighting, though. Both of these teams are going to be fighting. I expect, as you said, a very close game, a game that comes down to the wire, Dangles took the Green Bay Packers. You took the Detroit Lions. I would not be a fan or an owner if I did not also take my Green Bay Packers. Bry guy, I'm excited to watch it with you. It'll be a lot of fun, and I'm looking towards the kickers. Truly. (laughs) Absolutely. As a former kicker myself, I am excited to say that I believe Matt Prater will be the difference maker. As well as Sam Martin, the punter. Oh. And Holder. Oh. Hey man, it's gonna take the full 53 to pull this game out. I'm excited. As it should. I'm uh, I'm excited as well. That's a hell of a way to end this regular season of the Left Coasters podcast. Again, we're gonna say thank you to all those who have listened to us for all 17 weeks. We will be back in the Left Coasters studio as the playoffs roll on. Uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun as the playoffs roll on. We'll be doing a lot of interesting stuff. Hopefully, bringing some really cool guests in. 
Again, my name is Tony Cavallo, Brian the Ballerina Balzarini, Matt D'Angelo Antonio, absent today, but we'll be here in the future. As always, ladies and gentlemen, Rabbit. be simple just put on your shoes and go and yet when you try to learn about how to get better at it especially as you age you're confronted with conflicting advice complicated workouts and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you on the planted runner i'll share exactly how to run faster longer and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-back training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals that you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along the planted runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you. 